Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. We have been looking at this epistle um, in the light of what John experienced in his life. Um, and so we are approaching this in a little bit of a different way. Um, now, we've looked at verses 1 through 6. We are at verse 7 at the moment. But what I'd like to do is just read through verses 1 through 6 and get to verse 7, just so that we can get the whole feel of it, yeah? Just so we get the gist of what he is talking about. So beginning, let's, let's begin in verse 1. He says again, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Remember again that this is first hand. He is not relating to us something that he's heard somebody else say. He is relating something that he has had first-hand experience with. Amen? That, that, that gives some credence to what he's saying. And he says the life. And notice again he says concerning the word of life. Then remember again he goes on to say the life was manifested. And we have seen and, and ha- bear witness uh, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father... And was manifested to us. So he's saying that life that was in the beginning with God. Manifested before our very eyes. Amen. And that's why he said we've heard, we've seen, we've handled. He says that which we have seen and heard we declare to you. That you may also have fellowship with us. Notice fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. So this isn't written till you get depressed. (laughs) Okay? Alright, I want you to notice that the Apostle John wants to bring joy into our life, not anything else. So again, you know, this is what I was saying to you before. We need to be careful, the, the sort of things that we listen to, if they're not bringing joy to you, that isn't the Word of God. And I'm not saying that there isn't correction in the Word, but even in the correction... There is a certain enabling that comes with it. Hebrews tells us that the word of God is full of life. Amen? So it's, it's not just that um, you receive a correction, but you receive the life and the inspiration to carry it out. You know, a lot of people that know the right thing to do, don't do the right thing because they don't have the power to do the right thing. They know it's, you know, perhaps what they're doing is wrong, but they just don't have the power to stop it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And this is the difference. When God corrects you, it's a correction that says, I have faith in you. You're better than this. Be everything that I know you can be. Boy, you can reach for something then, can't you? Amen? Amen. And then he says, he goes on to say, now he's, he's, he's going to change a little bit, but he's going to uh, establish something by saying in verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him. And declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So just when he finished talking about fellowship and bringing joy, he says, now you need to know God is light. And there is no darkness in Him at all. Now the reason he brings that out is because he's going to say in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. Okay, so he's saying, listen, I've just told you that God is light. So if you come to me and say, well, I'm having... Remember again, these are, this is a continuous thing. 
all right, that I'm con- continuously having fellowship with God, but that but you are continuously walking in darkness, all right? He says, we lie and do not practice the truth. Notice again, it's practice the truth. It's not saying the truth, it's practicing the truth. Just as you practice lying, okay? So that, again, remember we talked about that, that the people that practice lying and practice doing bad things are the people that John is addressing. Are you, are you getting this, okay? So it's not a person that makes a mistake here and there, and even maybe struggling with something in their life, but they're fighting against it. It's a person that enjoys their sin, and doesn't want anybody to disturb them from their sin. That's who we're talking about. Are you getting this now? So he's saying, you can't say you got fellowship with God when you got this going on in your life. And especially those things that hurt other people. Can I say that? You know, some people just like to just rub people the wrong way all the time. (laughs) People are laughing. All right, people know who we're talking about. Okay, it's just, they think it's their calling in life. So he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. Do you notice this? He says we lie. If we're saying all of these things, then we're actually lying. If our lifestyle contradicts what we are saying, we are lying. A lot of people say a lot of things. But when it comes to the doing, that's a whole different deal. Who knows what I'm talking about? Amen? Alright. So... Having understood all of that now, he goes on to say in verse 7, 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light. Remember, he has already said that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So he's saying, now listen, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light. Remember, we talked about this last time, and we said the only way that you can become light is to walk in the light. God is light. Amen? And, and He projects that light outward. We come into that light and become light ourselves. And we looked at the verses of Scripture last week. So I'm going to pick up now from that point. And remember again, we're talking both literal and uh, figurative. Alright, we looked at Revelation uh, 21. When we, when we saw that the Lamb is the light of the city. Okay? The whole city in heaven, the entire city is lit by the Lamb's light. Isn't that incredible? Alright? And um, we also looked at the fact that we are light. Amen. Alright? And so that was in uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, where he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's what you... You know, let me just share this a little bit more with you. I... I was listening to this, or looking at this last week, and I was thinking, I didn't spend enough time on this. I want you to notice what this verse says. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. You are light, and God doesn't hide you under a bushel. He sets you up on a hill. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us want to crawl under some little rock or hole or something. Because we don't want to let our little light shine. Because then people know we're Christians. Then we become responsible for what we do. Come on, amen. Alright, listen man. You are. Whether you like it or not, you are. 
And the, the sad thing is, some way, somehow, people are going to find out you're a Christian. You'll slip up. You're not that good. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but listen, the thing is that God has set you on high. The Bible tells us that He does that. In fact, um, the book of Ephesians tells us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's how high He has positioned you. Amen? He has set you that high up. And to the world, you are a city that is set on a hill. You are that kind of light. And you know, in those days, they really understood what that meant. Because they didn't have all the lights we do out, outside. Like we do today, okay? So it was dark everywhere. And so a city that was set on a hill was like a lighthouse. Do you understand? And so people from miles around can see. Can I say this? If you are a Christian, then people can sense it. People will see it. And that's why they get really mad when you are a hypocritical Christian. I'm just saying. Okay. And they get very confused too, in fact. And then they say, you know, all this religious stuff, we don't want to believe in it. Because it just doesn't make sense. That was, you know, let me just say this. That was the reason why I didn't want to become a Christian for quite a while. I saw how Christians were. I said, no, thank you. I want to stay in my little religion and be happy there. Amen. And then I saw the real thing. And I thought, oh, I want some of that. Then I started realizing what all I was looking at. Under the guise of Christianity, it was religion. Amen. Which is the reason why, you know, as I was complaining, God said, well, you do something about it. Have you noticed whenever you start complaining, God says, you do something about it? Because we say, God, you do something about it. He goes, no, you do something about it. If you're having a problem, it means that you have a calling on your life. You know the things that irritate you? Are the things that you are meant to do something about. Because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't. Might irritate the person next to you, but not you. You're cool with it. Back to this. Remember again that this light... I said this to you before, is only possible if we decide to cooperate with God and allow Him to shine through us. Amen? Now, I want to get on to um, the next part of the verse where he, he talks about, he says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In other words, light attracts light. And those Christians that walk in the light will be attracted to and themselves attract all the other Christians that walk in the light. That is something you will automatically do. I don't know if you've noticed this. Sometimes people come and say, are you a Christian? And you say, yeah. And, the, uh, and then the fellowship begins. <laughs> okay? <laughs> have found common ground. Two lights have found each other. Amen. Okay. And, and that's a wonderful thing. Remember again, and I want to talk to you more about that in just a minute. Remember again that the Apostle John would have seen and experienced firsthand... The love and fellowship that existed in heaven between all believers there. You know, we always talk about all the stuff he saw. All the streets of gold and, you know, all the amazing structures that were made of precious stones. But you know what else he saw? Something that was more incredible than all of that? The love that was there. Nobody had a problem with somebody. There wasn't a small dispute center. Where you took your disputes to. <laughs> okay? Everybody was happy. Everybody was chilling. You know, that's what we say today. Okay, alright? And there was no arguments. There was no strife. 
And that, was, that, that is the beauty of heaven. That's why the Bible says that He won't allow... Now see, a lot of people say, well, God is so loving and wonderful. Why doesn't He just allow everybody in? Because they'll mess it up. You know, okay? Listen to me. How, how would you like to live next to somebody that was horrible for all eternity? Thank you? No, thank you. Okay, so that's one person that secured a good place in heaven. No. <laughs> Listen, man, can we be honest? Okay? And so, but you need to understand, these aren't people that just have a bad day once in a while. You need to understand who doesn't get into heaven. These are people, besides reject, rejecting Jesus Christ, these are people that practice evil. That they want to do it all the time. Doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter who they're hurting. Any of those things don't matter to them. As long as they just do what they want. They just want to be free, man. They want to do whatever they want to do. At the expense of everybody else. That's not freedom. And you don't want that living next door to you. What would you say? Can we just be honest for a minute? What would you say to God about a person like that? Please don't put them next to me. In fact, good if they never were here. Can, can we just be honest without getting super spiritual about this? You know, some of you guys have problems with people today. And you're saying, God, please take him home or do something with him. Get him out of my face. Come on, if we're just honest. Amen. Listen, the thing is, God is loving. He is patient. He is long-suffering. You need to understand all of those things. So whatever judgment he makes, regardless of what all the preachers say, it will be something that is just, and it will be something that you go, oh, thank God he did that. Amen. That's, that's where you need to understand God comes from. Not from a place of, oh, I made a small mistake, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. That's not how it happens. Some people preach it that way, but that's not how it happens. God is love. And in Him is no... And, and God is light, God is love. Okay? The two things that John brings out in his epistle. And in Him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in the love or the light. Amen? And so whatever decision He makes will be the absolute amazing best decision that could ever be made. Sorry about all the bad English. But I think you got it. <laughs> Alright, okay. So, let's move on. So he would have experienced that fellowship in heaven with all the believers that were there and realized that the same was available here on earth. Only as long as we decided to walk in the light as he is in the light. In fact, Simon J. Kistemach in his commentary says, uh, or excuse me, he ties the heavenly and the earthly together and says that a longing for heavenly glory in the presence of God must be accompanied by a fervent desire to have fellowship with the church on earth. Did you get that? In other words, as much as you want to be in the presence of God, that, that same longing should be here to fellowship with believers because God lives in all of us. And if we're behaving ourselves, <laughs> okay, all right, you, you should be able to have some really lovely fellowship with each other and have a little bit of heaven on earth. Especially because Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we should be enjoying some of heaven down here, right now. And if we are not, it's because we're not listening to what God is saying. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
That's what Hebrews actually brings out in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I'm reading from the NIV, so the, the King James won't make a lot of sense here. But he says, let us not give up meeting, uh, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching is judgment day. That's why it's got a capital D. Well, in this it does anyway. And, and correctly so. Listen, he's saying to us, meeting together should be something that we are attracted to doing. It is not something that we have to do. You know, when we get up and say, do we have to go to church today? There's a problem there. <laughs> okay? I'm not preaching well enough. No. <laughs> something wrong with the pastor. Okay? <laughs> okay? And that's the thing. You know, it should be something that you are drawn to, not something that you have to force yourself to go to. Amen. All right. And so that's something again that this is being brought out in this verse. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Notice if we walk in the light, as He is in the light. If we walk in that light, then there is a fellowship that can be had down here that will be extraordinary. And it is this kind of fellowship that will continue on in heaven and which all believers there enjoy now and throughout all eternity. Can I say, get an amen for that one? Amen. amen? No, but that's not where the miracle ends. Something else incredible happens. Because not only are we to shine with God's light as we walk in the light, enjoy genuine fellowship with one another, that is in itself a tremendous blessing, but it goes in the saying now, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. This is something very interesting because... It seems like it is an automatic thing. Which then kind of contradicts 1 John 1, 1.9 which says, If we acknowledge or confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. So the condition is if we acknowledge and confess. Only then are we forgiven and cleansed and so on and so forth. Amen? So why is this here? A lot of people have totally misread this, misunderstood this. And so I'm going to... Once and for all, give you some revelation that I pray is correct. <laughs> okay, alright. Uh, again, the Spirit of God will confirm His word with signs following. Amen? And the sign following today will be, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, that actually makes sense for a change. Alright. <clears throat> Listen to this. As you walk in the light and have genuine and honest fellowship with one another, you will not... Seek to hide your sins from God or each other. And this in turn will allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all sin. You see, that's why fellowship is so important. That's where we acknowledge our sin. When we talk to one another, and we say, you know what, I need prayer, I have a problem. If we acknowledge it, guess what? The blood of Christ starts to cleanse. Are you getting this? This is the reason why fellowship is so important. People say, well, I don't need to go to church. It's not about going to church. It's about having a group of believers that will not judge you. That will love you through whatever problem you're dealing with. And will pray with you, not against you. <laughs> okay? When they find out you got a problem. Hello? Okay? This is, this is the reason why the blood of Christ automatically cleanses. Because if you are honest, remember I said if you're honest. Okay, you're not trying to hide anything. If you are honest 
and you are in an environment, a godly environment, that is non-judgmental, non-condemning. Amen. Alright. And isn't blind either. Okay. Alright. So, that's sometimes difficult, you know. Sometimes, you know, you know how they say, ignorance is bliss? Alright. Okay. That's not a good thing in the church. We need to know what's going on without judging. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. So, listen. So, as we are doing that, as we approach things from a non-judgmental, non-condemning position, then it allows people to be honest. And it allows us to be able to, to lift people up. And allows them to lift you up, by the way. It, this works both ways. But who's perfect? Don't put your hand up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. That's not me putting my hand up. All right. So, all right. We all deal with things, man. And th- that's the thing that you need to understand. That in numbers, there is strength. It's only when the devil isolates you that you got a problem. And you think you can deal with something on your own, you're in trouble now. That thought alone is, got, is, is a problem. Amen. Not that you go advertise your problems to everyone. Now, some people do that as well. Have you noticed? So you say, how are you? You're there for another half an hour? Because they'll tell you in great detail how all wrong their life is. <laughs> okay? It's, that's not what I mean either. Alright? But I'm talking about those people that you can trust and that God leads you to. That can just help you. And this is why it is so important. And understand something. If you made a mistake... That's not for the rest of your life. Because you are forgiven and cleansed, and God doesn't remember, so it's not up to, so I can't remember either. I shouldn't hold anything against you that God has forgiven you over. Do you hear me? The only problem that we have is if you're not admitting to something, and if you are making mistakes, and saying, no, 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 that's just who I am, or I had a right to do that, now we've got a problem. I don't care how much, you know... That other person deserved what you did. Because how horrible they were or whatever. Understand something. You have walked into darkness. You don't realize something. You need to stay in the light in order to be blessed by the light. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen? The reason the phrase, the blood of Christ, which is, was in verse 7, is so powerful, is because it actually makes reference to what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Taking away the sins of the world. And that's what's brought out in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Where it says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who throughout the eternal, excuse me, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences excuse me, from acts that lead to death. Cleanse our consciences. Now this, our conscience is our biggest problem. Have you noticed that once you ask God to forgive you, usually the conscience is a problem after that. You know, you're walking around thinking, yeah, but I knew better, I shouldn't have done that. And I don't know if God should even forgive me over that. Sometimes people won't even ask for forgiveness because, because whatever they did, for whatever reason, they just, they can't forgive themselves over it. And so that conscience, can I say this, if you've got a problem there, then you're not going to exercise faith. No mountains are going to move in your life. And God knows that, and the devil knows that. Remember I said, he's the one that leads you into things. 
And see, this is the whole game that he plays. He leads you into something and he'll push you into doing it and say, nobody will ever know. Nobody will. And he knows that you know. Can I say that to you? It doesn't matter if you don't get caught or not. You know you did it. And if you know you did it, then the devil has that to work on you with. That's a conscience. <laughs> okay? And then you're thinking, I know I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. You know where that's coming from? The devil. He'll just sit there and say, you know you should have done it. He won't tell you that he's the one that pushed you to do it. He's the one that said nobody would know. Can you see this? And then he's all over you saying, well, you knew you shouldn't have done that and you did it anyway. Now what makes you think that God's going to answer any of your prayers? Are you beginning to understand now the power that we begin to lose in this? Amen? So you need to decide what you want to do regardless of what anybody sees or not. Like somebody, I think somebody wrote a book and I think the title was something to the effect of Who Are You When Nobody's Looking? <laughs> All right. Okay then. <laughs> I want, but notice again, Hebrews says, watch this, so that we may serve the living God. Notice how Hebrews 9.14 ends. That we may serve the living God. The problem now we begin to understand is that if we have a conscience problem, we won't serve God. Because we won't think that we're worthy to serve Him. Did you get that? I, Howard Marshall writes, The effect of the death of Jesus was to purify us from sin. To say that the blood of Jesus purifies us is to say that our sin is removed and forgiven. Its defiling effects no longer condemn us in the sight of God. Did you get that? Its defiling effects no longer condemn us in the sight of God. You're not perfect, but you are forgiven. When you are forgiven, you can walk up to God and He's not going to look at you and go, you dirty sinner. Are you with me? Although as Christians who walk in the light, we may be conscious of sin, yet this, not, this does not uh, prevent our fellowship with God. Remember we're talking about fellowship as well. For God Himself removes our sin. Don't you love that? God Himself will remove our sin. So as we come into the light, as He is in the light, you are being cleansed as you walk in. Do you know why? Because all the... You'll find that as you come into the light, as you begin to approach God, all the things you begin to realize are things that are not right in your life. And if you don't try to hold on to them, here's the key now, if you don't try to hold on to them and just say, I'm sorry God, I forgive me of all of my sins, He goes, forgiven. Come on in. That's it. No groveling. Okay. <laughs> no carrying on for half an hour. Are you all with me? No burnt offerings, thank God. Okay, <laughs> alright? You, you know, the Old Testament days, man, they were difficult. Alright? You just walk in, you just ask for forgiveness. He says forgiven. And you, do you know why? Because Jesus Christ died and paid the price. All you have to do is receive what He did for you. If He didn't die, then you'd have a lot of crawling to do. I'm just telling you now. And it would never be enough. But He died. He shed His blood. Remember Hebrews is talking about the shedding of blood here. That that blood is what cleansed everything. And so as soon as you receive that, 
then you receive the blessing that comes with it. You're here and it cleanses you and you can walk into the presence of God as if you had never sinned in your entire life. That's a good way to go in. And can I say this, if you do it long enough, then you'll find that you're doing less and less to disappoint God. Because you ask yourself this one question. See, what the devil says, okay, let me give this to you now, okay? Are you ready? Please catch this, please catch this. What the devil says is, you're a no good sinner. You've done that before, you'll do it again. That's how he takes you down. What God is trying to get across to you, and I pray that you hear me today, is whenever you ask for forgiveness, He forgives you, cleanses you, forgets. So when you come to Him, He sees you as if you are perfect. That is, that is what is called the great exchange. We receive Jesus Christ's righteousness, He receives our sin. See, He didn't die for His sin, He died for our sin. Now for, for that cross to make any sense and for that cross to be worth anything, we need to understand that we exchange our sin for His righteousness. And so that when we, come to the, when we come to the throne room of God, we come not in our name, but in His name. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's not just a little catchphrase. And which church do you belong to? It's nothing like that, okay? This has nothing to do with church. This has to do with, I'm not coming in my name, I'm coming in His name. With His righteousness. And God says, come on in. What do you want? Now, I was going to say this to you before. The devil says you're a sinner, and you'll always sin. So regardless, even if you ask for forgiveness now and God forgives you, it doesn't matter. You've done it before, you'll do it again. Is what is the trap he sets. But if you get delivered from that today... If you listen to what I'm saying and understand that every time you decide to sin after you've asked for forgiveness, you are a perfect person about to make the first sin in your entire perfect life. Do you really want to go there? See the difference? Did you get that? You need a revelation of that. You can tell I have one. (laughs) Okay? But you need to have a revelation of that. That is the blood of Christ cleansing you. And you need to know it's not a half done job. It fully cleanses you. There is nothing left anywhere on you to convict you, to blame you for anything that you have done. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul says, I have wronged no man. We know the dude wronged a lot of people. Okay, but not the new one. When he asked God to forgive him, God forgave him. And all of his past was in the past. And this was a new man. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man or woman is in Christ, they are a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Verse 18. A. <laughs> First part. Okay. <laughs> you need to get that. You don't bring in a little bit of baggage. In your heart and your mind you might, but not in your spirit. You are totally reborn. You are totally new before God. He sees you as perfect. So please, get this verse. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we can have fellowship with one another because we're not stinkers anymore. Hello? Okay, we're not carrying baggage anymore. And the blood of Christ, because of our honesty, will continue to cleanse us of all sin.
getting this? What an incredible place to be. Colin G. Cruz writes, he says in the original text, the Apostle John represents both the walking in the light and the cleansing of sin by Christ's blood as ongoing activities. Did you get that? So in the original Greek, it's not a he will cleanse you one time. It's ongoing. It's just constantly cleansing you. Isn't that beautiful? That you are just constantly receiving this cleansing throughout your life. As long as you stay honest. Okay? Don't hide nothing from God. Amen. Did you get me? Did you hear God? Okay. (laughs) Alright? And then if He leads you to someone that can help you in the natural, only then tell them. Otherwise, just keep it with God. Because some people, once you tell, boy, they never forget. Anyway. (laughs) Also, notice the close connection between having fellowship with one another and the cleansing from all sin. Indicating that there will be times when we unintentionally hurt each other. Okay? In our times of fellowship, you know, sometimes the more you get together with people, more things happen. Can I get a little amen on that one? You all know what I'm talking about? You all been to family gatherings? Anyway. And, <laughs> and when that happens, I mean, some are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Alright? And when that happens, there is an automatic cleansing that takes place as long as we continue to walk in the light and are willing to admit our faults immediately. You know, okay, we're going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean you stop fellowshipping. You just make adjustments. That's it. Make a few adjustments and keep going. Because there is a blessing waiting for you at the end of that road. Amen. Alright. In fact, the Apostle James says, and listen to this very carefully. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. In the, old, in the um, King James it says, avails much. Okay? Yeah. But I want you to notice, we always read the last part, not the first part. Do you understand now why it is so powerful? Listen to me carefully. When you decide to hide things and hold on to things, you compromise and even cancel the power of God in your life. That power that is released. Do you notice the righteous man? Do you understand righteous man isn't a perfect man? Do you notice what it says there? Therefore confess your sins to each other. Do you get this? I, I, I think this is where the Catholic Church got their you know, confessional box thing from. Okay, see, it all comes from the Word of God somewhere. We just need to get it right. And we can't condemn people for doing what they're doing either. I know some you know, Word of Faith people just jump down their throat for stuff like that. Listen, man, sometimes you need people. That's what counseling is all about. They just do it in a box. <laughs> Who cares? You know, I, I never look to judge people. I always look to see where the truth in it is. You, you always find what you're looking for. Seek and you shall find. You want to find something to criticize them about? You will find that. You want, find, you want to find something that you can say, Wow, I get it. I know where you come from in the Word. You'll find that too. I always like to look for that, not the other. Because the way you judge, you're going to get judged. That's a whole other sermon. Anyway, back to this. Notice, confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. Do you know why you pray for each other? Because you found out something about the other person. Get it? If you confess your sin, means there's stuff that you need to pray over. It's powerful and effective. Okay? 
And I have some other versions, but we won't go there today because I have run out of time. So once again, let's finish with verse 7. He says now, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light. Do you get this now? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, Jesus Christ His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What a powerful verse that is. Do you get it now? Amen? Honesty opens the door for God to bring a supernatural cleansing in your life that then results in supernatural power in your life. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you, Father, for all the things that we are learning. And we thank you for this incredible blessing that if we confess our sin, and Father, as we, as we are just open and honest, and not to advertise our sins by no means, but as we are open and honest before you, then we thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all sin, all the problems in our life, all the things that we are struggling with are being continually cleansed. And we begin to understand that because it is a continual cleansing, that it makes it very difficult for sin to hang on to us. And for darkness to continue our life, we almost have to force it to stay there. Because this continual cleansing is going on.